Hello everyone. Welcome to Math for Knitters. I'm Laura and this week I'm going to talk a little bit about the new magnets, yarn substitution, and something I like to call first scarf syndrome. All right, well I'm going to click a little bit here starting with um, the magnets because I haven't looked at it in a few days. <laughs> so I'd also like to apologize for the long break. Um, the upheaval that I mentioned before is mostly done. I'm generally, just to say, I don't want to say too much about it, but generally there's, I've been going through a lot of my uh, life and clearing up a lot of old issues that I really have needed to deal with for a long time, but I kept putting it off and finally I took care of it. So and it's a little bit tangled up and it's going to take a while to really um, free myself of everything, but it's on its way. So there's a new magnets out and I don't remember how long it's been out, so I'm a little embarrassed. But basically, the patterns this time are a vest that zips up, a strawberry tea cozy, a little um, kind of a sleeveless sweater is what I would call it, something called a very cropped top hoodie, a smallish shawl, I believe it's designed for a child, yes, it's a small cape for your little devil, which is very cute, um, a kind of beanie hat called a Santa Cruz, peekaboo mittens, and some socks called Falling in Love. And overall, all, I like the patterns, and as usual, everything's well-written. And let me just check here. A really nice, broad uh, sizing. However, the, um, the, cropped, I'm, the cropped hoodie, yeah, it goes all the way to 50 inches, but it jumps significantly. It goes from 34 to 42 to 50. And I think that's because it's such a chunky yarn that it's difficult to get, you know, very subtle sizing. And of course, it's knit knitted, so it will stretch. But I, I'm not sure. I'd like to see it on somebody who is my size because I, it looks very cute on the models. But I never know when it looks cute on someone who's a size six or eight what it's going to look like on me. And I'm a, I'm a 12. And... Ever since I read Big Girl Knits, I am extremely leery of anything that covers any portion of my torso um, that is a thicker yarn than uh, than worsted, really. So I don't know if anybody out there tries this in a larger size and likes it. I would appreciate hearing about it because it does look very cute. Okay, subject two, uh, yarn substitution. I think I've talked about this before, but just um, just a little bit more information about it. Um, first of all, a great, um, and I think I have said this before. Uh, let me look it up. Website for finding different weights of yarn and different kinds of yarn is Knitter's Review, and I will link to that in the show notes. And it basically, like if you go to the yarn reviews section, then you can actually look up the yarn by fiber or by gauge. 
And that's really useful because if you have a pattern for, say, a DK yarn, then you can go and look at what all the different DKs that are reviewed are. And she's very, very thorough. She talks about, you know, the kind of sometimes the history of the yarn, how it knits up, blocking and washing it, and how well it wears. So if you that way you know if you're making, say, a cardigan for a child, you can look for something that's machine wash and that is a hard-wearing yarn as opposed to something that might be too delicate to last for very long. But I, I would like to make one caution about yarn substitution. It isn't quite as easy. Well, first of all, you get your, um, you choose your weight and you make sure that you get the right gauge. And of course you need to do a gauge swatch. And then to determine how many balls or skeins you need to buy, it's fairly simple math. Basically, if you need 10 100 gram or 100 yard skeins and you have to go by length not by weight if you needed 10 of those for the original pattern and that's 10 times 100 is 1000 so you need 1000 so if the yarn you're choosing actually is set up in say 200 yard um, balls then you only need half as many you only need five so you need to pay attention to that. And of course, I always say to buy a little extra. I usually go with 10% extra just to make sure that, that I have enough yarn, which is also why I occasionally buy enough yarn to make two sweaters with the w same ball. <laughs> that has happened, uh, the same yarn. Um, but also you need to think about the, you know, the washability and the purpose of the yarn, but also you want to look at the original fiber content for instance, if your pattern calls for a worsted weight wool and you want to make a worsted weight cotton, you might think a little bit about the shape of the garment and how that new yarn is going to behave. Cotton, for instance, is much heavier than wool. It does not have the same memory. And so if you're going for um, a nice, you know, shaped cardigan, it may droop if you do it in, in cotton as opposed to wool. And same thing goes for synthetics. If it, if it calls for, I don't know, 100% acrylic, I consider acrylic to wool to be a pretty good conversion because they tend to look kind of, most acrylics are designed to look like wool and they're kind of a, an emulation of wool. And so I think that's fine. But if you decide that you want to go with a really shiny, smooth yarn, First of all, your gauge is probably going to be different, but also the look is going to be different. Also, color. If you're choosing a variegated yarn and you want to do um, some sort of pattern, you definitely want, I'm not telling you not to do it, but if you're going to do it, you need to do an extra large gauge swatch to see what the pattern will actually look like in your new yarn. Because some yarns will actually hide the pattern. Like, for instance, if you're doing an Aran or cabled knit, you don't want a yarn with a lot of interest of its own, like a really slubby yarn or a furry yarn or you know, a fancy yarn because it won't really show all the work that you've done. Unless, of course, you really like the way that looks, in which case go for it. So there's my little spiel about yarn substitution. Also, this week, a coworker of mine came to me with a problem. She is a beginning knitter and she is working on her first project, which is a scarf. Now, I did caution her <laughs> because as listeners of my show will know, I'm not a big fan of the scarf as the first project. I think that they are too long and there are too many pitfalls. Um, for instance, as your 
gauge, as you learn to knit better, your gauge changes. And so one end of the scarf may be dramatically tighter or looser than the other end. Now, she came to me with a problem that I have actually seen a fair amount. Her, she started out with, say, 20 stitches. And now she might have 30. She didn't tell me exactly what the math was. But basically, I think this happens when, when you go to turn the row, you accidentally do a yarn over. And then when you get to the end of that row again, you knit it because the edge stitches always seem a little funny. And so the fact that it's a yarn over isn't obvious to you. And so you unintentionally increase your scarf. Now, there are some reasons you would want to do this at a very small degree. Elizabeth Zimmerman, for instance, talks about how scarves inevitably become wider on the ends. And you can contract that by making them narrower uh, to start and then they will stretch out. But usually when a knitter does this unintentionally, they end up with a dramatic change. And she asked me what I would tell her to do, what she should do. And I said, well, you can start over. And she made a face. I said, or you can figure out how wide it was in the beginning, how wide it is now, and how long it took to get that wide. So say it took two inches to get an inch wider. When you're, when you're two inches from the end of your scarf, you need to find, do your math and figure out how to decrease by an inch in two inches. And that's fairly simple. And I will, I will tell you now on a vague example, let me get a piece of paper so I can actually make sense. Let's see, if you had five stitches to an inch as your gauge and seven rows to an inch, and you had uh, two inches to decrease in. I'm writing it down for myself and and uh, one inch of decrease. So you're going in 14 rows because seven times two is 14. You need to decrease by f about five, stitch five stitches. Now I said about, even though we, we all know it is five because you know five times one is five, but I prefer to do an even number so that it will look symmetrical. So I would actually do six. So now we need to decrease six stitches in 14 rows. Now if we decrease once on either end of the scarf, then we actually need to do three pairs of decreases. So three sets of two decreases on each time we decrease on the scarf. So now we have three pairs of decreases we want to do and 14 rows to do them in. And let's do just a little bit of rounding. Let's say we don't want to decrease on the very last row of the scarf because that would be irritating to have to bind off right away. So if we say 14 minus two is 12, so then 12 is divisible by three and this is four. So what we're going to do is after we finish our decreases, we have two more rows and then we'll bind off for the, for the scarf. So we have four um, sets of, I'm sorry, <laughs> three sets of decreases, four rows apart. And the easiest way um, for me to do that would be to, to actually write out on a, on a piece of paper, one, two, three, four, 
in one row, and the next row, 5, 6, 7, 8, next row, 9, 10, 11, 12. And as I work these rows, just cross them off. And when I get to the end of the end of my row in my piece of paper, I know that's the row to decrease on. If you use a row counter, then you're decreasing on the fourth row, the eighth row, and the twelfth row. Pretty simple, but I know sometimes when I read instructions that say decrease every fourth row, I get mixed up because I think, does that mean every multiple of four? Does that mean I decrease one row and then work four more rows? I don't know what it means. And so that's actually why I write it out in that kind of graphic way to, um, to make some sense of it, because then you're basically making a little mini chart for yourself. Okay, so I'm sorry for another short show, but I decided that if I waited until I had a long show, I would never podcast again. And I love podcasting. I love talking to you guys. I love your comments. I love your emails. I love everything about Math for Knitters. Um, I don't love that. I do feel a bit out of ideas. So if you have a problem, even if it's a problem that I've talked about before, that you want me to explain again, or explain better, or explain in a different way, please, please, please let me know, and I will do my very best to make it crystal clear. Remember, math is not hard. <laughs> you can do it, and I can help.